and welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and I'm Thomas Welch, and we are back. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a minute. It's been a couple of days. We've been letting the the news cycle in before we uh before we returned with some episodes, but uh, it's gonna be a good one today. We got um some blues practices that we have to we have to get into. Uh, they're actually skating on the ice again, which is very exciting. Uh, some some car. I know the Cardinals are playing an exhibition game today. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. Uh, more award nominees have been released, so we'll 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 get into that. And uh, yeah, just to talk about the the various world of sports as it as it rebuilds. Um, but before we do anything, I got to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. That's RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right tommy where do you want to venture to first uh let's start with practice because i was practice. pretty excited because like my day-to-day talking I about practice i don't think you guys understand my day-to-day consisted of me waking up right i woke up and saw the blues like immediately the blues went live with the practice feed so i was like okay i'm watching this for sure and then at three o'clock the cardinals play the royals little okay. uh Little rivalry going on there. It's the first time the Cardinals have played uh, a team besides their own team. So that's going to be fun. And then at 8 o'clock tonight, I have a fantasy baseball draft. So I went from, like, no sports at all to, like, all my sports being jam-packed in one day. And I am, I, I can't tell you guys how excited I am. And it's the first time I've ever done fantasy baseball, too. So we'll see how it goes. What but, you have? I'm not, I'm not sure yet. They said they're dropping it uh, an hour before the draft. So, yeah, I'm trying to to prepare. Um, I don't know. I I checked out the scoring system, and it looked like it favors pitchers more. Okay. So, depending depending on what pick I have, I could be inclined to go uh, with an elite pitcher with my first pick instead of a position player. But we'll see. Interesting. Because you got to think, like, those guys are only playing – um, every five days. Yeah, right. True. Right. They're only they're only gonna end up playing like ten, twelve games this season. I think about that. You know, their their pitchers are playing maybe a maximum of twelve, thirteen games a season, whereas hitters are playing sixty. Yeah, that's fair. That would that would explain wow. why pitchers get favored more. But like, no, no kidding. <laughs> but Dang, like, I'm gonna I don't have to know, rethink my, my strategy. Yeah, thank you for hate that. To, hate, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I hate to no. do that to you, but also like, no, I appreciate. It. <laughs> you saved me because the, the first place gets 120 bucks. So I'm trying to yeah. So like, I'm trying need, to cop that for sure. You need you need someone who's gonna who's gonna put up some numbers for you. We'll we'll yeah. see what pick you have. I'm looking forward to to, to finding out how it goes. Right, I'll keep you posted. Um, but yeah, we're we're getting back. So the practice today went pretty well. You were talking about earlier, right? Dude, so I had a Hattie by Sammy Blood. Talk about that for a second. Uh, I'd love to. He's making waves. I think we all, I mean, we've touched on it a couple times throughout the season, but I think uh, coming into training camp and like early on in the season, everyone was like all fired up about Sammy playing. Obviously, uh, he spent some time on the injured reserve and uh, he was still kind of getting back around uh, when the when the season suspended. But I mean, a hat trick in practice. I mean, I guess it is practice and everybody's getting back in the swing of things, but it's, it's nothing to sneeze at for sure. No, not at all. 
Um, he was definitely a, a really valuable piece for the team uh, last year in the playoffs and in the Stanley Cup final. Obviously, you know, one of those guys that I think we we constantly talk about in, in terms of like can play anywhere in the lineup and can make a positive impact. We had a couple of those last year, whether it was Blay, Sunkvist, uh, Thomas to an extent, Kairu, like guys that were sometimes up on the first line, sometimes down on the fourth line. But regardless, they were giving it, you know, 110 percent every night and that's what sammy does you know he goes out there he's throwing his body around ruthlessly flying into corners after pucks and 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 you know he's getting that he, he's always had that uh that hard physical game and then every once in a while he gets that offense to click he's been getting it to click more and more consistently so the league's gotta watch out dude and i'll i'll tell you what like as soon as the feed started for the practice i hopped in it and probably within five to seven minutes, I saw two Sammy Blay goals. One of them was a tip-in, or like right on the doorstep, so that was cool. But the other one, he took it he took it to the outside, deked inside, and then just put it past Allen. Dude, it was like, it's like highlight reel stuff. And that's, that's what you love to see. Because uh, we've seen so many times, especially in the playoffs, like Sammy Blay banging bodies, hitting people hard. Uh, injuring Eric Carlson. Um, True, he but, did do that. Uh, so, so sometimes you think about like, okay, this guy's like a hard-hitting body kind of third, fourth liner, but then he goes out there and just... Then he goes out there and... and puts him yeah. in a blender. It's like, shit, dude. He's the or epitome he, of a playoff hockey player. Or he goes out there can, in a playoff game and, uh, and uh, streaks down on a one-on-oh and, and what does he do? He rips a clap. Rips a clap the, bomb. From the yeah. hash marks. The cojones on that guy, dude. Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely interesting um, blend, you know, like in, in today's game where it's focusing on these young guys that can just, you know, zip up and down the ice with their blazing speed, like the Jordan Kyros of the world. It's nice to sort of get a different different perspective of a guy like Sammy Blay with the, yeah, he's not he's not uh, slow by any means, you know. He, he can definitely, definitely fly if he wants to, but that's not like what what highlights his game and i think right. that's per- the perfect definition of blues hockey is just like that a uh, hard-nosed full full 200 foot game and who who better um encompasses that than sammy play honestly a guy that can you know break free for some nice finesse goals but at the end of the day is just gonna bang bodies and win puck battles and and you know not not uh not take hits lightly and, and definitely just battle yeah, I, I think that's I think that's an underrated aspect of Baruby's coaching too. Is that like like you were talking about like they take a guy like Jordan Cairo who's a speedster, skill guy all the way through, and not that he's he's poor defensively, but like that's not really his strength. I would say so. Baruby brings him in and puts him on the fourth line with guys who do have that strength, so he can kind of like learn the ropes and figure out um, how to not necessarily like make his game two way because I don't think he's um, like he's not poor in that aspect in any sense, but maybe just raise it a little bit more so that he's um, he's doing better out there for his team and for himself. And I think I think that's great to see and having the having the knowledge. I don't know having having the roster depth to be able to do that. I think is crucial. Oh, absolutely! Like I think I've I've um, 
I've mentioned this before, and I think one of the biggest things about Ruby's coaching that worked so well was the accountability. I feel like with Hitchcock, that was something that 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 lacked, and that was pretty obvious. Accountability, like he never really was able to motivate his players by like lighting a fire under their ass, like you see. And like again, there's nothing wrong with that. Not every coach is going to be a motivator, but I think we saw it work pretty well with 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 some guys. And you know, he you can go out there and be a first line player one night, and then the next night you if if Ruby sees something he doesn't like, you're right back down on the fourth line or you're out of the lineup or something. And I think it really was a good way to not only give these players different looks of, of players they're playing with and, and players they're playing against, but it also just provides motivation to be like, Hey, I can't slack off for one shift, much less one game or else I'm, I'm going to lose this spot that I worked so hard for. Yeah, I think, I think that's true for sure. And I think that's, I think that's a big reason why we see this team play so well and why there was such a quick turnaround is because like you were talking about with Hitchcock, I feel like uh, his main motivational strategy to get the guys fired up would be making them almost want to punch him in the face. Almost. It seems yeah. like, like almost like they would all band together as their coach, which like, I mean, in a sense it wasn't really that way, but in a sense it also was because we've heard guys frustrations and <laughs> I don't know. It's just interesting to see the dynamic change and how the team changes with the dynamic. So very true. But uh, another takeaway from practice, Tyler Tucker, Mm. two goals on the day. Love it. Big ways for the prospect. You love to see that as well. I think he's got to be one of the most underrated in the, in the prospect pool. Absolutely. I feel like the, yeah, the blues have a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a good young talent that's going to get a chance to showcase himself, uh, in this, in the, these, uh, practices, these warm up games. I'm excited. Uh, speaking of, speaking of things I'm excited about, Tommy, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest possible prices rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everyone and does not require membership or even an account login. It's a family business. So you can go to rockauto.com to find auto parts. And they've been serving auto, auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And please write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, Tommy. Just so, just really quick, touching back on uh, Tyler Tucker because I love this kid so much. Um, 56 points in 55 games this season mm-hmm. for this team, right? And we were, we were talking about last season how uh, impressive it was that the Blues had so many players with 10 goals, right? Mm-hmm. Tyler Tucker, as a defense, as a defenseman, mm. 17 goals on the season, which is Jesus. a career high, right? Kid is nuts. Don't sleep on him. Seventh round pick. Getting some wow. quality control from uh, Armstrong and Co. again. Uh, dude, they always come through with the sleepers, dude. Yes, they Those do. Three round picks. Just flying through. But yes, I, I, 
I'm excited to see what he does at the next level, 100%. Oh, absolutely. I think he's definitely a guy that could uh, make an impact sooner rather than later. Um, maybe more than the more than Blues fans expect. I think he's I think he's closer to ready than a lot of people realize. Um, exciting. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. Speaking Instant, of making an impact, ooh, I don't, I don't know where you're going with this, but uh, um, I got a real quick, real quick, real quick. It, breaking news in the past 15, 20 minutes: Mookie Betts just inked a gigantic contact contract extension with the LA Dodgers, including this year. He is now under contract for thirteen years at over three hundred and eighty million dollars. Wow. <laughs> 13 years, that? Tommy. <laughs> How does that feel for you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Because everyone was saying like, oh, wow, you're trading for Mookie Betts for one year. Congratulations. Have fun. And now he's locked up for 13. Yeah. Rough. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, 13 years. Oh that's my insane. god! How old is he? Like twenty, late twenties, maybe. Yeah, I don't know, but like that's 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 a lot of time. That, that's that's a lot of years. Um, he's twenty-seven. Yeah, he's twenty-seven. So he'll be forty. Oh, that's it. That's a career contract right there. Yeah, it is. Um. I don't know. I mean, he's a damn good player, that's for sure. Baseball is weird like that, though, how you can just give out, like, decade-long contracts. NHL got rid of that. You got to give it to the right players, too. And I think Mookie Betts is one of the guys that you can give it to. Because I feel like he'll age well as a ball player, you know? He's so good. Because he's not like – I mean – we kind of saw it with, like, Albert Pujols. Like, I think maybe that's why the Cardinals were afraid of a long contract. I don't know. But he's not really, like, a speed guy. He had injury history, which I'm not really sure the extent. I, I think calling Albert Pujols not really, like, a speed guy is an insult to speed guys. I mean, he stole Albert, a lot of bases. Don't get it twisted. Albert, I don't know how he did it. Okay, <laughs> he stole but a lot of bases. Current, current Albert Pujols is – factually the slowest player in the MLB. Like that's not even an exaggeration. I watched I some video I watched No, I watched some video where like they put they they put like they you can do like simulations of like two NBA two MLB players running to first base. Oh and it was like yeah and it was like the average MLB player versus Albert Pujols and like Dustin him. (laughs) I'm pretty sure like the difference between the average player and Albert Pujols is like significantly larger than the difference between the fastest player and the average player or something like that. (laughs) So yeah. No, but 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 I think I think those speed guys just kind of age better because I don't really know why. Maybe it's just like their body is like more all over in shape instead of just like bulked up and like like those guys on roids are like not guys on roids, but like a guy like John Carlos Stanton who's just jacked out of his mind could like his body could potentially like break down and deteriorate as he gets older and then that could lead to injuries. But I feel like Very a speedster guy, like you got that base set under you. Uh then you got a better chance to for yep. sustainability. Well, yeah, Mookie Betts, former MVP, uh signing a big big uh, contract extension. Speaking of MVPs, Tommy. The Hart Trophy nominees were announced. 
as well as the Selkie Trophy, but I think we've talked about that first. Let's get the Selkie Trophy out of the way first because I think that's more of the minor one and then the Hart Trophy debate's the one that's going to last us all day. Um, yeah. Selkie nominees, Sean Couturier, Patrice Bergeron, and St. Louis Blue, Ryan O'Reilly. Um, I think Couturier is going to win it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think... I think I won't honestly at this point I wouldn't be mad. I would understand any three of them winning it. Because yep. I feel like I feel like they take into consideration face offs a lot. Uh, Bergeron's been a finalist for nine years straight, so obviously <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing something right, and you can't go wrong with Patrice Bergeron as your Selkie winner. Uh Ryan O'Reilly has the most face off wins this season and the most face offs taken. And he's a fantastic two-way player, and he just won last year, so I think no one could be upset with that. And uh, Couturier had a fantastic season, led the league, I believe, uh, in face-off percentage, and he's never won it before. So yeah, I think take your pick with this one. Um, I think that the last thing you said is is the, is the one the kicker for me. He hasn't won it before. Uh, I, I think that's something that the awards voters focus on. Um, whether they should focus on it, uh, it's a topic for another day. Um, but yeah, I think that's why Kachuri wins it. But again, I can totally see the case for all three. Um, Bergeron, you know, the the definition of Selkie Trophy, if they really wanted to give it to the best defensive forward every year, he would have had the last 15 Selkie Trophies, but <laughs> they, they, they try to spread it out. So yeah, I can see it. Right, I can see them giving it to him again just because like, it's been a little bit since he's gotten one and he deserves it. Um, I can see them giving it to O'Reilly again because he's sort of like the almost like the next in command. You know, like back when Kopitar broke out as a two way, they gave him a couple of selfies yeah. and then just he dropped them off the ballot. Um, so we'll definitely see. Um, but I think Kachuria takes it. Uh, all right, let's let's let's. Let's get actually. You know what? Before we get into the hard trophy talk, we're getting near the end. So let's uh, let's get let's. I want to let you know about a really important event that's happening: the Special Olympics uh, in Missouri. So listen up, Blues fans. This is your opportunity to help support your local Special Olympics Missouri program. Right now, you have a chance to help support Special Olympics Missouri plus be entered to win a brand new 2020 GMC Canyon 4x4 truck. Here is how you participate: you can buy your raffle tickets between now and October 31st. It is easy. Easy. You can just go to somo.org slash raffle. That's S-O-M-O.org slash raffle and click the green button. Uh, you can buy to buy truck tickets generically. $20 for five tickets. You get one free. $5 per ticket to support individuals with uh, intellectual disabilities. Minimum purchase of $10. And you do not need to live in Missouri to win. So anyone anywhere, anyone listening anywhere in the U.S., you can enter. And you can enter up until October 31st. Two trip prizes will be awarded during the raffle period to go to Branson and one for Las Vegas. And you're still entered to win the truck raffle if you win a ticket to Vegas. So, like, it's a no-brainer. So again, go to somo.org slash raffle and click the green button. $20 for five tickets. One free ticket. Who doesn't love free stuff? Now I'll tell you a little bit about the event. Almost 17,000 athletes compete. Uh, statewide year-round in 16 official Olympic-type sports, even though uh, they haven't been able to train nor compete since March due to coronavirus. They've still been offering virtual at-home programming, 
uh, for their athletes, which is great. It's the world's largest health organization for people with intellectual disabilities, which is awesome. We love to support a cause like that. Um, and they offer leadership and life skills that teach and encourage people with intellectual disabilities to take on leadership roles, not only within their movement, but in their communities as well. Um, they can take class on public speaking, governance, technology, photography, health and wellness, coaching, independent living skills, and more. So it's overall a really good cause. Uh, we're really proud to support it over at Lockdown Blue. So definitely go check that out. Um, and, and yeah, we'll be right back with the end of today's episode. All right, Tommy, the Hart Trophy, the nominees <laughs> this year are Temi Panarin, Leon Dreisaitl. And honestly, who's the other nominee? I don't even remember. <laughs> McKinnon, isn't it? McKinnon. Yeah, McKinnon. Yeah. Which um, I think he will win one before he retires. I agree. I agree. But that's not that's not the question this year. Right, I think it's two and then him. <laughs> the question this year. Panarin or Dreisaitl? What do you think? <sighs> this is like, this is the, the was it Hall and McKinnon? Did we have this debate about two years ago? I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. just I feel like it's the same thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just uh, I don't think you can get long, go wrong either way. I think Drysidel had a fantastic th- season. I think uh, the Rangers as a whole just I don't know maybe leaned on Panarin more if that's possible. I don't know, but I do. I just love. I, I don't know. I just love Panarin's character, and like his little leg kick and his like personality and attitude. That's why I'm rooting for him to win it. I, don't I agree. Your way though, and I think Drysidel had like a career year, fantastic season, and that shouldn't go unnoticed. So him winning it would be cool. But I feel yeah. like also sometimes like I don't know. They'll just switch up like. Like, if he wins, like, the Ted Lindsay or whatever, and then they'll just give the heart to somebody else just to, like, add variety, like we kind of said. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. No, I think there's yeah. a, especially in the NHL with the NHL voters, there's definitely a difference between who we think deserves to win and who we think will win. Yeah. Um, at least in my opinion, I think there's a pretty drastic difference. This year, as a whole, is I feel like people aren't really on the same page because well, I, I feel like they, I feel like they, I think they overthink it, and just rather than yeah. just say like, rather than just say okay, who's most deserving of this award, they like almost think like okay, but who are other people going to vote for and blah 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 blah. It's like you know, just just vote for the, the dude that you think deserves it, and yeah, that's the whole point of the voting process. But then again, well, you took it, you take a take an award like the uh, the Norris, and I think there was a tweet that was like. Um, Norris finalists and then uh, like top point getters among defensemen and it was just they literally just took like the top three which can be coincidental but also like I don't know I feel like the best defenseman doesn't always have the most points like just because he's good at offense doesn't mean he's the best defenseman you know I'm not saying the, the finalists for the Norris are bad defensemen in any aspect it's just I don't know the voting's weird to me yeah yeah um, I think it's definitely an interesting case. Like a guy like Dreisaitl, you're totally gonna have the argument. Oh, he's on the Oilers. He's playing with McDavid. But then, like 
again, in the past, I've used that as almost an argument for him. You know, he's not always playing with McDavid yeah. and he's playing with McDavid and elevating his play so, so highly, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's similar to like a case with Malkin where Malkin constantly gets overshadowed because he's playing with Sidney Crosby, but you put Evgeny Malkin as the number one center on any team in the NHL and you realize, holy shit, this guy is like an absolute franchise generational talent. You're never going to get another player like him. And I feel like it's similar with Drysaddle. We definitely saw a lot of that this year where he came out on his own and, and just made some ridiculous plays, scored a lot of goals, put up a lot of points. And on the other hand, a guy like Artemi Panarin, um, huge rumored free agent, always been an elite player, but never really been like the on his own superstar, signs a huge deal in the offseason. A lot of people criticize it, say he, he made too much, say he's not going to be able to lead the Rangers to anything. And then next thing you know, he puts on one of the most dominant individual performances we've seen in a long time, especially from a winger. Um, so, yeah, and I think, I think uh, in contrast, like what you were saying about McDavid um, helping out Drysidle, I guess, and people using that against Drysidle. Um, on Panarin's side, Obviously, he's not Connor McDavid, but uh, Zabinijad had a hell of a season too. Yeah, like o- over forty goals. So. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it kind of balances. I mean, it balance out as Connor McDavid, but like it's closer than you think, you know. Right, and again, I think you need to take into account uh, like the fact that Edmonton has been in a perpetual rebuild for forever and has been unable to to have success, and then. Leon Dreisaitl breaks out and has a spectacular year, and they finally push for a playoff spot. On the other hand, you could say, okay, New York was is is now year, whatever, a couple years into their accelerated rebuild, which they drastically sped up by signing this superstar um, and in a year what maybe you know, without a guy like Artem Panarin, they would have been a complete bottom dweller um, and, and, you know, been mediocre. But then they sign this guy and he elevates the team so much so that they become a quote-unquote playoff team with the new format. So I, I think depending on if you want to take, like, team success into account, you could have arguments for both guys. I think it can go either way. I think the award's going to go to Panarin. Really? I think, I could, I think it could go either way. I think it's going to go to Drysidle, but I won't. <laughs> I guess we'll see. It I will be we'll it will be funny to see though if um like the Hart trophy goes to Tim like, or, or yeah, Tim McKinnon. No, but if it goes like say it goes to Dry Sidle and they get knocked out in the first round and like Panarin and the Rangers like move on further than them or something like or vice yeah. versa, you know? That would be wild. I want to be like, oh, my heart trophy candidate could never, or like, no, like that. I can already tell the tweet. All right, all right, we are we are running a little long on this one. I still think we got to wrap things up. You got any closing messages for our lovely listeners, Tommy? Uh, uh, go birds. Go um, birds. Pray for me as I embark on this uh, <laughs> on this <laughs> fantasy baseball league because I have no idea what I'm doing, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, wish Tommy luck. We will stay. We will stay tuned with that. I'm looking forward to it. Um, should we get back up to sombreros? Ooh, we love it. Should be getting back up to five episodes a week starting around next week, whenever hockey starts back up. So, so you guys can look, uh, look forward to that. Um, as for right now, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, keep in keep in touch. Stay tuned for better episode, uh, some more good episodes this week. Uh, Gauntlet on Friday, hopefully, and uh, some more fun stuff tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, in the meantime. Stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Lockdown Blues. Check out Lockdown NHL. They get a great show. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter at Twelcher15. 
Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.